Welcome to episode four of the Body Smart Fitness Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about how you can successfully change your mindset to get sustainable results in every area of your life. Let's have a listen. So today we're going to be talking about why is mindset so important when it comes to weight loss? But just in case anybody mm. listening doesn't know, what to, to you, Jamie, what does mindset mean? When it comes to weight loss or just in general? In general. Like, what does it, you know, if, like you were telling a kid, What's, that, what does my, Uncle Jamie, what does mindset mean? <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, mindset to me means, I think most importantly, just having the right attitude. Okay. Yeah, I think that's, if I was to summarise it in one, it would be like having the right attitude to how you're going to take action moving forward. Right, like it. Mm -hmm. And this Carol Dweck, who is an amazing author, has a book about a growth mindset. Mm -hmm. I know that you can talk about this till the cows come home. So can you tell our listeners and viewers, what's what's a growth mindset and what's a fixed mindset? I think we'll best start with the fixed so yeah, a, fi- a fixed mindset would be someone who's, you know, has got an opinion about something and that's the only way it can be. There's no alternatives. It's like, mm-hmm. it's got to be this way. So, you know, people could say, I've got the fat gene. You know what I mean? And I'm, oh, right, okay. Yeah, that's I'm a good like, example. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm not able to lose weight because I've got the fat gene or, you know, it's I've got a slow metabolism and they might have a fixed mindset around this because maybe they've struggled with weight and that's become part of their identity and it's they've become fixated on on certain things. Um, there can be lots of different things, but the point is is that you don't believe there's an alternative. You've got a fixed mindset towards whatever it is mm-hmm. versus a growth mindset is always looking for that op- opportunity to learn and grow, understanding that, hey, like what you're doing is good but there might be other ways of doing it better. And you're always looking for inspiration and education to improve yourself and to get better and keep developing. And having a growth mindset towards everything um, is is invaluable and is, and is essential to keep growing as a person. Mm-hmm. You mentioned something there about part of your identity, mm-hmm. which I know is a massive thing that you've taught me over the years, is that we can all choose our own identity. And a lot of people don't realise that, do they? They don't. No, not at all. Like, you know, your identity is the stories that you tell yourself about yourself. And a lot of it is linked back to the actions and habits and behaviours that you've adhered to for years and years and years, or possibly your whole life. Mm. You know, if, um, you know, Steph, my girlfriend, was always labelled as Steph the Dancer because she danced for her whole life. And then she taught, and then she went to dance college, and then she... Um, you know, taught dance. So she was Steph the dancer, you know, as now she's started to come away from that, you know, her identity's changed instead of being, she still is seen as Steph the dancer and that will always be uh, a part of her. But, you know, she's moving into a, a different a different stage in her life. But I think a lot of people have stories about themselves, again, just taking it back to weight loss, where, you know, maybe they've always struggled to lose weight. So they identify themselves as somebody that finds it hard to stay on top of the health or stay on top of the weight. And they identify themselves as a person that just, that is in a state of struggling. And it can be about multiple different things, whether it's just like, I can't stop eating certain foods or I always act in a certain way or I sabotage myself. And if that has happened for years and years and years and you've built up that same habit and behavior, you will identify yourself as a person who who struggles with that. I think where the, the part that people struggle with is they don't, 
understand that there is an alternative. You know, you can change your actions and behaviors. You can become a different person if mm -hmm. you choose to, if you choose to start taking the right steps and the right actions moving forward. Um, and again, I guess that almost plays into a little bit of that fixed mindset. People are fixed in that that cycle and mm. it's not an easy one to break you know no. it really isn't um but you can slowly start to change your identity to be the person you want to be i've got an example on that actually mine changed quite quickly so uh brief history i used to do breakfast radio so mm. i had to get up four o'clock in the morning to go to work and i was late every single day i used to drive to work mm. in my pajamas i had a spare pair of clothes at work I was an absolute yeah. because I told myself I can't get up in the morning mm -hmm. to the point where I would put you know remember those like old style alarm clocks with the metal bells on the top yeah. I used to put them in the bath <laughs> to get me up and then I'd fall asleep on the bath mat Yeah. my producer would ring me I was I just had this identity mm -hmm. I am somebody who struggles to get up in the morning I can't get up in the morning so they sent me to a sleep disorder centre where they put these like things all over me because yeah. there's something wrong with me I just can't get up in the yeah. morning like there's something seriously wrong with my mm -hmm. brain so I go to the sleep disorder centre they, they, they monitor me overnight and I come out and I'm like so what's the verdict I'm expecting them to tell me I've got a brain tumour or you know something wrong with me and they were like yeah there's nothing wrong with you at all yeah and that went on for years i'm somebody who can't get up in the morning so i would snooze my alarm 20 30 40 times and then at the beginning of 2016 i read a book called the miracle morning by hell elrod you know you've come across mm -hmm. this book before and he talked very similarly in this book about the fact that he always thought he couldn't get up in the morning and it was the identity that he created for himself and i thought oh this is me. I've yeah. told myself for years, you can't get up in the morning. And so the next day, I kind of, I read this book and I was like, right, okay, I'm going to start this miracle morning tomorrow. So the alarm was set early, went to bed, told myself, mm -hmm. I can get up, I can yeah. get up, I can get up. And I bloody got up. And I carried that on. And five years later, five, six years later, I'm still doing it. That's funny because I've always known you as a, as a morning person. Exactly. But, <laughs> and that was yeah. actually, that was probably around the time that, that mm -hmm. we met. I was somebody who could not get up in the morning. But then I, I actively realised I had a choice. I had a choice. And I know there are some people out there who mornings, you know, they do struggle with, but I was also doing things like I would say at multiple points throughout the day, how are you? I'm tired. Yeah. Knackered. Yeah. I'm shattered. That became my vocabulary for 15 years. Mm -hmm. I'm always tired. I'm always, it's like I've got jet lag. That's what I used yeah. to say. Yeah. Whereas now, this morning, my alarm went off at five o'clock. I'm bright as a button, mm -hmm. couple of coffees in, journaling. I fucking love that time in yep. the morning. I am now a morning person because I changed that and I changed that identity for myself. It's a great way to start the day as well. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, there's that um, BBC programme that I showed you where that woman went and done the, she said, oh, I think I've got a slow metabolism. Debbie. 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 So we've got to explain this <laughs> okay. because, right, if people don't know, yeah. when you are a Body Smart client, we have mm. a back end ooer. Mm. Uh, this is our, our, our <laughs> library of resources. Yeah. And this is my favourite video yeah. on our Body Smart Learning Zone. And it's about Debbie. It's about Debbie. Let's tell the yeah. story of Debbie because so, she's Awesome. Debbie is someone who struggled to lose weight for her whole life and she's always thought that she's had a slow metabolism mm -hmm. and that's why she's she's overweight. So they take her and they get her to do various things of, you know, tracking her calories to give her about three different ways. And one of them is where she actually drinks a liquid and through her, her pee, they're able to manage exactly how many calories that she's tracked. You know, so she they got her to track her calories for the day. I think she reported tracking like 1,400 calories 
and her urine sample showed that she'd had 3,000. <laughs> <laughs> and when they tested her metabolism and her metabolic rate and her calories, they were like, it's completely normal. Mm. And she was shocked. She yeah, was shocked she was, because yeah. she'd held on to this identity for so many years mm. that I've got a slow metabolism. That's why I'm overweight. Mm. When in fact, she was eating too many calories. And that was, you could see like in, in her face, how much of like, oh, wow, like, I actually can't say that anymore. Yeah. It's not true. Um, but it was an identity that she was probably had been holding on to for, for a very long time. So it's it's super important. And, and and you mentioned like language there as well and how important that can be and how that, you know, plays into your identity and how you act and show up. You know, uh, you've mentioned um, there about like saying I'm shattered or I'm tired and mm. that type of stuff. But it's even down to like people who just say, oh, I hate Mondays. You know, yes. that's, that's such a... <gasps> <laughs> that's that's uh, yeah. a, such a cultural thing yeah. I hate Mondays and get the Friday feeling and Friday and yeah you know there's the start of the week and the end of the week but like you know the anxiety that people probably give themselves on a Sunday night because they hate Mondays of and, course. and they've got to get mm. up on a Monday dread and all that type of stuff and you know realizing that like Mondays are always going to be here mm. and like why wouldn't you want to enjoy your Monday it's another day it's another day you get to live and be alive yeah. and amazing things can happen on a Monday but if you're going into it from the start of the day with the Monday dread and I hate Mondays and the language and you speak to your colleagues I hate Monday and you know of course you, you, you're not even you're not putting yourself in a position to have a great Monday you're living through an identity through your language through your actions through your behaviours to have a bad Monday and to keep having a bad Monday mm -hmm. and you have to recognise that that's a behaviour an action and a habit that isn't serving you and if you want to start having great Mondays like we do I was going to say because yeah. they need to join our calls first yeah. thing on a Monday morning where what did I have on last week was it Party rockers, party, party rockers rock, yeah, in yeah. the house <laughs> on our Zoom calls. Yeah. Started with a dance. Yeah, yeah, we started with a dance on our calls. Yeah, yeah. it may, but it makes a difference. You shift that energy. You change. You change the way that you feel because 100%. your feelings affect your yeah, actions. And you're, you're smiling. You're laughing. Yeah. You're having a good time. And you know why wouldn't you want that to be the case? And it, it's it's super weird in society because you see these people who have bad Mondays and then they see other people who are like energetic and mm. upbeat and having a great Monday. Like, oh, I hate them people. Why are they so upbeat? Why, are they, why is that person a morning person? Or why are they energetic? Because they choose to be, they want to be, they want to they feel good. Mm. And like, the, I think the problem is, is that people don't think that they can feel like that as well when they can, you know? And I think that's a big part of playing into your identity. There can be a lot of things that, you know, holistically come into that, like satisfaction of your job, the job that you do and whatever else, you know, how you're looking after your physical health, mental health, all those things. But I think a lot of people just think like the, the trajectory that they're on and the, the, the story that they're living is set. And mm. it's not at any point you can literally decide yeah. for it to change. There's, there's one thing you took there about like there's certain factors and satisfaction with your job but I would argue there's a process that I learned actually as part of the, the Miracle Morning which was gratitude mm -hmm. and I know you're a big fan of this sure. as well starting your day with thanks and being grateful like you just said it's Monday yeah. we're here we're yeah. alive it's yeah. another day we get to play on this planet if, if you asked anyone um, you know could you take would you have a million dollars or you don't wake up tomorrow <laughs> Everyone would say, everyone say, I don't want a million dollars, I want to wake up tomorrow. Of course. So every yeah. day you've won, you've won the jackpot, you've woke <laughs> up, you've won a million dollars, you're alive, you get to live another day. You know, that's amazing. And we want to be grateful and thankful for the things that we do have. <clears throat> it's scientifically proven that, you know, showing up and having gratitude towards things does have a positive impact, you know, on our mindset and, and how we think and feel. 
And it does, it makes a big difference. It's some, you know, when I first started doing that, I was like, this is like hippie shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, I, you know, it felt like the same about meditation and stuff. But, you know, a, a thing that I've, I've followed closely is that success leaves clues. You know, I've, I've watched it about people who are successful in business. I've watched, there was a woman, I can't remember her name. And I know she was like, she was a, you know, in a really, really great place. And she started talking about success leaves clues. I think she was left homeless at five. I think she was assaulted. I'll have to find the name. I'll put it in the, the write-up on yeah. this. She was assaulted. I think she was raped. Wow. I think it was terrible. She had like probably one of the worst upbringings that you could have. Mm. And she got to this place where she, I think she was like 16, 17. She was in the, the, the deepest, darkest place that she could be. And she was like, I need, this needs to change. I mm. cannot keep feeling like this. And she said, you know, and this is why it sticks with me, success leaves clues. So I had to start realizing that, you know, happiness wasn't a destination, that it was a state of mind. Mm. And who are people who are happy? What do they do? How have they got a state of mind to feel and be happy? Mm. So she started researching and looking and reading the books and finding out more. And she started acting the way they acted to re to make her you know, the, the hit, not not for her to feel like she needed to get to a destination to be happy, to just make her reality more happy. And she started living and breathing that. And I was able to make, you know, if, if you could read her story, I will have to find out her name. If you can read her story and see that's where she's come from, what's happened to her. She mm -hmm. was able to make that sort of 360 that shows you that there is a path. There are steps that you can take to get there yourself. But do you not think sometimes... With that, you can you can watch other people's stories and you can be like, oh, they've had it so much worse than me. Mm -hmm. And there's there's kind of like that's that's taking inspiration and from somebody else's positivity. Yep. But do you not think sometimes there is a place for feeling your feelings? One hundred percent. One hundred percent. If somebody's had a crap, t just because somebody else has it worse than you doesn't make your problems any less important of to you. No, your problems are always going to be the biggest problems because they're your problems. They're your problems yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, there is a level of, you know, toxic positivity when yeah. that when that type of stuff happens and, you know, stuff like that doesn't serve you. Um, but it's still always very important to, to take ownership for, for where you're at. There's that very, very good quote, which is, you know, not necessarily your fault, but it is your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if... If if things have happened, you know, you can have it. Everyone has a shit day. Every, people have a shit weeks, shit months. Um, but if they keep happening, you know, you have, only you can take responsibility for the fact that that's happening. And you can either be like, right, I need to grit my teeth and this is only going to last for a couple more months or weeks or whatever else it is. Or that I don't want to keep going down this trajectory mm -hmm. and I'm going to take ownership and accountability and responsibility for this and make a change, make something happen. You know, I think it's, it's um it's very easy to get woe is me and fall into the the pity party and all these different things and you don't like a pity party do you no what's it's your, what's the thing you always say about there's two worst there's traits two words. in people yeah. yeah what are the two worst traits in people which is feeling sorry for yourself um mm. and oh my god playing the victim playing the victim because it doesn't get you anywhere it really doesn't it's fact like there's a, like you said before, there's a time and a place to have a moan. You have a really crap day. Sometimes you just want to have a little moan, blow off some steam to your partner. But if these things keep happening, you know, mm -hmm. keep happening and not, it's woe is me. You throw a pity party for yourself all the time. Again, you do that for a long enough period of time. That will become part of your identity. It does become. It does. Yeah, yeah. And everyone around you will know mm. that that's the way you act and show up all the time. And that isn't saving you. You don't want to be feeling like mm. that. And and you actually know deep down you don't. 
So again, that's where you have to be like, look, maybe what's happened to me in my life up to this point, maybe that wasn't fair. Maybe accidents happened. Maybe things happened from my childhood. Who knows? I don't know. But, and you can look at that and be like, and you can blame all of that and be like, I'm going to, you know, that's why it's so much harder for me. And you can say all that, but that isn't going to get you anywhere. You know, if you, if you live that and breathe that identity for the rest of your life, it's going to, you're going to keep having that same outcome. Or you can take on board like, hey, all that stuff is shit and it sucks. But, you know, and that necessarily wasn't my fault. But if I want a different outcome, I want to change my life, I want to change the trajectory of things moving forward, then it then it is your responsibility because no one is coming to save you, you know, on that side yeah. of things. They're just not. Um, people can help and support. There's a lot of help and support out there and there's a lot of things that you can do. But you do have to take ownership of that and start to take progressive steps forward. And it's And it's going to be hard. You know, especially if you've been struggling for a long period of time, it's going to be hard. And that's that's why it's so important to get the right support, get the right help, get people who are going to lift you up, not pull mm. you down. I have um, a little mantra in these times when times are tough. And I ask myself this question. And the question is, can I change it? And it's a really powerful mm-hmm. question. You know, if you find yourself in that pity party or playing the victim or things aren't going your way, I ask myself the question, can I change it? And if the answer is yes... Then out comes the pens and the journal and a plan gets written down of what action steps I can take. And if I can't, I say I repeat it to myself and I even count it on my fingers. I don't know why, but I just go, can't change it, can't change it, can't change it. And then it goes in the imaginative fuck it bucket Mm -hmm. because I can't do anything about it. There's no point wasting my energy. And an example that I've given in, in one of my books before, my niece was very, very poorly. In fact, you were coaching her mum, my sister at the time. My niece was really poorly. She was in hospital. She was in the best place to to Mm. have her medical condition managed at the time. And it was really easy to fall into that, that absolute fear of, oh my goodness, she's seven. She's Mm. so ill. And I had to kind of sit with myself and go, no, I can't change it. She's in the right place. She's with all the doctors. So what What can I do? And, and what I could do was support my sister and my brother-in-law. I could support my nephew. Yep. I could make sure my mum was okay. Mm-hmm. And it was learning how to refocus my energy rather than that that event consume me negatively. It allowed me to refocus. And I did start every morning with a gratitude list. Yep. I'm grateful she's in Manchester Children's Hospital under the best consultants. Mm-hmm. That was the first one, you know before coffee which is a big thing for me when I'm writing a gratitude (laughs) list and it did it did change things and I know you were you were there supporting my sister as well at that time which was incredible it's it's you know and and we're all gonna face these tough times in our lives you know where where we get sick ourselves or family gets sick or things you know bad things happen to all of us Mm. no none of us are ever escaping that um and it's really important to be able to manage your own expectations in that in that time and I think a lot of a lot of people get a lot of guilt and a lot of shame that they're not able to meet their own expectations. So something will quite drastically happen sometimes, like you've said in, in this scenario. And if you have still got this expectation of like, oh, I'm going to exercise five times this week and I'm going to work 50 hours and I'm going to look after me, me son and I'm going to do all yeah. these other things and keep the house tidy and do all these other things, all the, 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 the day-to-day stuff we have to do in life. If you have all those expectations laid out, when now you may be doing five hospital trips a week and that's an extra 20 hours and then you've got the emotional um, energy that that's taken. If you don't manage your expectations in that time, you, there's a good chance you're going to break. Yeah. You know, And I think that's a, a really important 
you know, conversation to be able to have with yourself. Like, hey, when these when these uh, things in your life happen, you know, like, can you can you adapt? Can you move the goalposts? And if you can, fantastic. You know, do that. Keep doing the best that you can. And if thing and if you can't, and you have to just focus mm. on this singular thing right now, you can't have balance. Like that's okay, and you've got to you've got to hand on heart be okay with that to manage your own expectations and to realize that you are doing the best that you can. Um, and I think that's it's a it's a difficult conversation to have. You've got to be very self aware. You've got to know yourself. You've got to be able to know how to set your own priorities. But these are all things that we need to learn about ourselves to to keep us to keep us in the the best state possible, even at the hardest times. Mm. And how do you think we become self aware? I am. Um, it's a that's a really tough question. I think um, we can become self aware by identifying our strengths and our weaknesses, um, and this is a a tough one because I done this and and I would class myself as someone who can. I will openly ask for constru- constructive criticism all the time. Mm. Uh, I'll tell people like don't hold back, like lay into mm-hmm. me. But the first time I done this because I got I, I was doing a little bit of research. She was like, go and ask your friends and family. And tell them like be open and honest. I need to hear it. Like, what are my, what are my weaknesses? You know, like mm-hmm. what am I not good at? And um, and you can think you're ready to hear this. And <laughs> <laughs> trust me, you are not. You know, no. <laughs> um, and I asked my my mom, who was quite honest with me, which I was like shook. Like I was just like. That's my mom. That's like you bitch. <laughs> I was like, I say, how dare you say that about me? I'm your son. But it was good. It was it was the feedback I was after. Mm. My sister, uh, or Georgia, just gave me all the nice things. You know, I don't think she she could could do that. And I asked a bunch of other people around me, and I and I, and I got what I needed to a degree. And you know, it was allowing me to feel like, hmm, like I even knew that those things were a weakness mm-hmm. for me, or wasn't that great at them. But uh, then they just highlighted it even more. So I was like, right, after getting this feedback off a lot of people around me and understanding that, hmm, you know, yeah, maybe I don't show up the best in this area or that area, it allowed me to become, you know, more problem aware about those things, become more self-aware and be able to be like, right, do I need to change my attitudes uh, in certain areas of the way I I live my life so that when things do happen, Mm -hmm. I'm able to deal with them a lot better. Can you give me an example? Do you mind sharing? I don't want to get, I don't want, you don't have to. Um, I'm putting you on the spot. You are putting me on the spot. I can't, yeah, that's all right. I'm trying to think of uh, of certain things. Because I've got, I've got, this mm. happened to me and I've got one and I, I honestly think this saved my marriage. Yeah. I dropped my expectation that I was placing on my husband constantly and realised he doesn't really have any expectations of me. Mm-hmm. I expected him to be a certain way or do things, but without actually asking for help. And one of my main weaknesses is I am shit at asking for help explicitly with what I need. Yep. And now I've learned that. I'm still not there, but mm. I'm getting better at it. It just, it's made life so much easier. Yeah. yeah. So much easier. It does. It's, and I, but like, it's hard to go down that, that route because you you go you you're trying to put yourself into into a state of growth and often when you go through any stage of growth there's a level of pain and suffering that comes with it and that's you know admitting that that's a problem or that you need to change and so you know it's it's uh it's very easy to point fingers and blame everyone and everything else it's much much harder to point thumbs and blame yourself and that's say that again (laughs) say that again that's another good quote say it again it's much easier to point fingers and blame everything and everyone else it's much harder to point thumbs or point at yourself yourself. and say this is me me." i think it's there even even you know you've just mentioned marriage when when um i think like 
near enough every you speak to anyone who's been through a divorce no one ever goes oh it was my fault <laughs> that we split yeah. up everyone goes it was her it was yeah. him you know everyone blames the partner it's it's much easier to do you know than to mm. say oh no you know maybe i didn't show up the best for that relationship or maybe i did neglect them or whatever else mm. there's a million things but it's because it's much much easier to to point fingers and blame everything and everyone else it's much harder to do that deep work and go hey i've got some shortcomings hey i need to get a little mm. bit better you know what I haven't been doing my best there. I could, I could have done more. I could have shown up more. I could have gave that more effort, more energy. It's much, much harder to do that. But it's a, it's an important attitude to develop to, in my opinion, live a, a healthier, happier life. Because some people might argue back and go, well, hang on a minute. Isn't that part of who you are? Why can't you just accept who you are? I I often get get asked from friends like why why are you striving to do the next thing why why can't you just be happy with what you've got and my argument back is I feel better when I'm being a bit better yeah every day I think that there's there's uh, evidence and research to 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 back that up that the journey of getting better is gives us meaning which which allows which gives us a lot of fulfillment and satisfaction yeah. and happiness and it's the journeys often better than the the destination yeah because we so we'll we'll think oh i'll be happy when i get here but actually mm -hmm. the secret of happiness is enjoying the, the journey and, and the, the process journey. every yeah. single day and that that's being that's only really, really like i'm still going through that myself yeah. i even thought last year i said to jim i was like oh i used to, i used to just think business would end <laughs> i don't know why <laughs> i used to just think we'll get to a certain point and it'll just end and i think maybe because it was so hard in the beginning mm. um but i literally thought it would just end one day I mean I think I had a, a realization that it never ends it yeah. never ever ends and it needs to you know one of the things I wrote down as a goal of this year is to enjoy the journey and enjoy the process more enjoy the good and the bad you know like mm. when I'm having a really shitty day like, like we had Thursday a, like we had Thursday. a fucking awful yeah. day on yeah. Thursday you know and I I wrote on we fill out these forms called like an end of day sheet everyone in the team does them it's to give some feedback to yeah the, the team leader or the head of the department and and also just to monitor like how you're looking after yourself because because mm. we we care about all our team in that way and I wrote certain things on there like this will never happen again <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean and, and as, as of shit of a day that was I yeah. was just like there was a lot of lessons in that you there know was. what there was a lot of lessons and that and I was like hey like it ain't gonna happen again so mm -hmm. I had to just uh, you know it is it is what it is lessons learned and I think that's an, an important mindset to have is that you know I think a lot of people have a really negative relationship with the word failure and you don't want to hit like a complete failure because that's 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 not good that's accepting sort of defeat mm -hmm. but like micro failures are super important in any journey to yeah. get better so like we're in the process of doing a podcast and doing youtube and learning how to film it's and, and it's all new <laughs> and i don't know any of this and you know writing scripts and doing all this type of stuff so there's been a lot of mistakes and a lot of wasted time mm. but every time from those micro failures we're seeing them as an opportunity to learn and grow yeah. and we're getting a bit better and a bit better and a bit better yeah. and there's something exciting and rewarding about that of. It, it's nice as well, I think, because it's this is so different to any other industry I've ever worked in. And you asked me the other day, you know, come on, tell me what's going on in your head. Why are mm. you getting why are you getting stressed? And I said, because I feel like I'm shit. I yep. feel like I'm shit. And that is to be able to. The reality is you're my boss, right? <laughs> I know yeah. you, I know oh, you yeah. and Jim say we're nobody's <laughs> boss, but the reality is you're my boss, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm, I feel shit. I don't want to be shit. Mm -hmm. And it's great that we can have that open conversation 
that that takes away a lot of the stress that people do feel in their mm-hmm. day-to-day jobs or relationships, you know, with other people where that communication, communication is so, so important course, with other people and with yourself. And it's just so nice being part of a team that are self-aware and are able mm-hmm. to go, I feel shit or I feel like this or I'm failing at this. And then your your comments back are always, no. What's the lesson? Let's become yeah. solution. You know, we're not being problem focused. We're focusing on solution. Yeah, let's be solution focused, not problem yeah. focused. But I think in a in a world that you know, the, a lot of to, to almost admit there's a problem people see as a sign of weakness. Yes, because they're not looking at it with that growth mindset yeah. of like, right? Well, why is this a problem? How can we how can we improve it? How can we make sure that outcome doesn't happen again? But like to go to your boss or your manager or your anyone and go i'm struggling yeah i'm having a problem a lot of people see that as well i'm not good enough or yeah. i'm 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 weak or yeah. other people can do it instead of, and and maybe you know the culture in some companies is that as the case well sod them they're no good you know we need to get someone mm-hmm. who can just handle this but the environment and the culture that we're trying to create at, at body smart is that no like we're here to help and support you if you're having a problem like we know everyone on our team is good. We want to make you even better. Yeah. And we want to help you get even better. So come to us with the problems. Tell us what's going on. Let's talk about it. Let's grow from the experience. Let's make sure that we keep getting 1% better across the board. And um, yeah, you know, I think, I, I don't I don't know. I, I know from speaking to a lot of other people in a lot of different companies and, and where that comes from. But it's, uh, I think it definitely needs to change Um yeah, wide street, definitely yeah. more, it needs to become mm-hmm. more mainstream because it is, it's difficult, but it is liberating. You said mm-hmm. there about 1% better. You talked about that process that we do in-house, but actually it's the same mirrored process that you do with clients. 100%, yeah. So, you know, the the whole um, idea of a, a micro failure yeah, is that, you know, you grow from that experience and we say about getting 1% better every day. Mm-hmm. And that's with people's mindset, attitude, new- education around nutrition um anything to do with nutrition fitness training form fit like you know anything whatever it is it's just about getting that one percent better every day because if you take those small progressive steps forward every day over the course of a couple of weeks a couple of months a couple of years you are a completely different Mm -hmm. person that has changed your identity Mm -hmm. you've become you know a stronger fitter healthier person with a better attitude as long as you keep doing that but it's understanding that to get one percent better, you got to fall down, you got to make that micro failure, you've got to, you've got to fuck up. You know what I mean? You've got like if you've never tracked calories before, and then you are on plan and you've prepped all your food, but then hey, you want to have a little bit more flexibility one one week, and you go to Tesco's or you go to a supermarket and you buy something, and when you track your meal after it, and it had three times more calories in than you thought, <laughs> you thought it was a five hundred so calorie meal, yeah. and it was a fifteen hundred cal- yeah. calorie meal, and you're like shit, I've gone over my calories yeah. by a thousand today. You know, like that. And you, and a lot of people might go into that mindset of, right, well, what's the point? You know, I've, I've ruined today. I may as well just ruin the week and start again on Monday versus what will encourage a client to do. It's like, hey, cool, look, you ain't going to make that mistake again, are you? You know, yes. you know when you bang your toe at the end of yeah. the bed, you're like, I'm not going to do that again. That hurt. You know, yeah. there was a level of pain from that. There was a lesson from that. As long as you don't make it again, then we've grown from that experience. We've not failed. Mm. So it's seeing that as a micro failure, which allows us to grow and get better. And the, the if you frequently make them across the board and do learn from that 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 lesson or that opportunity, um, whatever happens, then you are continually getting better. I think as well, when in terms of coaching, you 
what's great about the coaching relationship is you build this this sense of rapport and this sense of trust. So you are able as a person, you have these thoughts. We all do it. We have these thoughts. And to be able to message your coach and go, I fucked up and not yep. be perfect mm-hmm. is amazing. Because a lot of people are stuck. Perfectionism is like keeps people from even taking action in the first place, doesn't it? We have a, a lot of people who have that all or nothing mindset. I'm either going to do it 100% or I'm not going to do it at all. When in matter of fact, 50% is better than zero. 60% is better than zero. You know, um, tracking your calories and getting it 80% right all week is better than not tracking at all. Mm. You know, when it's, you know, let's say you plan to do five workouts in a week and you don't got three, it's better than zero. You know what I mean? Mm. So you have to realize that nothing's ever perfect. You know, um, it just it just isn't. And a lot of the time it's it's learning to manage your own expectations around that. So, you know, we just talked about like expectations around exercise and, and lots of different things. We'll have a lot of clients who will sign up and they're like, they'll have that all on offer mindset and like want to work out five times a week. I'm going to eat super quote unquote clean and healthy and we'll do all these things. And, um, you know, it's, it's funny because when we're on that first call with them, you know, how I end up reframing it. I'm like, well, you've just told me that you do 50 hours a week you've got three kids you take them to like um some sort of after school club twice a week um you have a date night with your husband and you've said you want to work out like six times i'm like yeah i'm, I'm all in i'm going for it 100 percent. i'm like well what is the absolute least that you think you could commit to workouts <laughs> each week they're used to me going like what's the most that yeah. you can do i'm going what's the least and i'm like you know and i'm like we well, need to be 100 honest with me the least and I'm like oh maybe three and i go okay, well, we're going to do three workouts a week for this month. And in a month's time, if you've been able to adhere to the three, we'll do four next month. And then we'll go to five and then get to that six that you said you wanted to. But people are never used to hearing this. They're hearing like, go, 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 100%. We've got to be all or nothing. And again, it's just managing that expectation, you know, removing that idea that things need to be perfect. And it's just a case of like, of just starting, you know, just starting, taking action, mm. learning from those micro failures, getting 1% better every day and see it as small building blocks over time to keep keep growing. And clocking up the wins as well, because it's course. so much nicer setting yourself up to win. It is. Rather than setting yourself up to fail. It really is. You talk there about um, getting 1% better every single day. And um, there's also another one that I know I know that you use with clients where you get them to say, you know, I, I do hard things. Yeah. It's about changing your language. So a lot of people have a, we've spoke before about language around Monday or I'm tired or I'm shattered and, you know, um, this type of stuff. And, you know, I had a client who was saying all the time, like I hate workouts, I hate exercise and really don't enjoy it. You know, and this client's like 30 pounds down. She's feeling fit. She's feeling energetic. She's telling me, Oh, I always have a better day after I've worked out. You're telling me all these positive things. And I'm like, well, why do you hate the exercise? <laughs> why do you hate training then? And she's like, because it's hard. And I'm like, well, that's all, it's okay for it to be hard, you know? And, and she's like, but it's just, it's not getting any easier. And I'm like, well, you are getting fitter and stronger. Yeah. I was and like, you've lost 30 pounds, and which lost, is amazing. And you've lost 30 pounds, yeah. which is amazing. And I was like, why don't we start changing it? I was like, why don't we start saying, instead of saying, I hate exercise, start saying, I do hard things. You know what I mean? <laughs> and she was just like, okay. And I was like, every time you catch yourself saying, I hate exercise, when you go, no, I do hard things. And, uh, you know, she was like, she was like sending me a voice note, you know, uh, in the morning. It's like six o'clock in the morning. She's like, Jamie, you just said, I hate exercise, but I changed it and said, <laughs> I do hard things. 
I hope you're happy. And I'm like, I am happy because <laughs> it's it's important to shift and change yeah. that language and that energy. It can be the same with food or mm. just different parts of your life and how you show up. And people think it doesn't matter, but it does. Mm. It, it does affect how you feel. It does affect your energy. It does affect so many different parts. And making these small changes in language over time has a, has a huge, huge impact. It really does. So to wrap up and to summarise, mindset, I I think for me working for Body Smart, it's Mm. one of the hardest things to get across to people of the impact of the mindset because the reality is people come to us to lose weight. You know, we we talked in the last episode Mm. about going five whys deep. People don't really ask themselves that question of why they really want to do it. So they come to us to lose weight. Mm-hmm. When in actual fact, they graduate from us knowing themselves yep. so well that it doesn't matter if they fuck up in the future because mm-hmm. they know how to get back on track straight away. Yep. And that's, I find that quite frustrating that it's hard. <laughs> it's, that's not, it's yeah. not like the sexy stuff, but that is the stuff that's fucking necessary. life-changing. It's necessary. It really it's, is. It's, it's, it's a shift in attitude. Yeah. That's what it comes to. We've got clients who maybe have really struggled for 10 or 15 years and haven't had that. They don't believe themselves that they can achieve this, but then through the process of becoming more self-aware, through the process of seeing these you know, changes over time, getting 1% better, learning from the micro failures instead of just being like, oh, it's over, I can't mm-hmm. do this anymore. And just having that growth mindset, they come out the other side and there's just such a complete shift in, in, in mindset to, to, to I can do, not I can't do, yeah. I can do this, I can do hard things, I can show up. Um, and it's 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 a very liberating one, you know, for, for, for people to, it's a liberating place for people to get to because just like the way I feel, um, what training and exercise and health and fitness, it, what it taught me, I could apply to any aspect of my life. Yeah. And I think a lot of our clients see that as well as that they come out the other side of, you know, coaching with us and yet they got in the best shape of their lives and they've been able to shift and change their habits and mindset. But the attitude that they've built along the way, they know they can apply that to so many other areas of their life. Mm. And that's just it's a great place to be. As I said um, on, I think, the first episode, you get to that place where you feel like you're unfuckable. Yes. You know what I mean? And it's <laughs> and that's, when, when you feel like that, you, you, just, you just... Not in the bedroom department, though. No. <laughs> I just want to point that out, yeah, actually. Definitely, I've just the, real, o- definitely yeah, the opposite, the of, opposite that. of that. The opposite of that. The opposite of that, yeah. yeah. yeah, just, yeah. I just wanted to point yeah. that out. Wonderful, wonderful. Yeah. Well, thank you very much for uh, opening up and being so open and honest. And if people listening are thinking... Mm-hmm. Do you know what? Actually, yeah, that mindset shift is is probably what I need. And the beauty of having a one-to-one coach that you're paired with is that person becomes your sounding board to be able to be honest with and unpick so much about yourself that you learn so much about yourself. You become unfuckable, yep. not in the bedroom. <laughs> <laughs> if people yeah. want to find out more about coaching, where do they go? They can go over to at Body Smart Fitness on Instagram or they can go over to bodysmartfitness.com and visit our website. And we will be back for the next episode very soon. Thank yes. you for listening. Or watching, if you're on YouTube. Or watching. (laughs)